You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick i'm bob and i'm tom and let's dive straight into some ad reads because we we were uh, burning up before we hit record so let's go i'm burning i'm burning i'm burning for you thank you to closed casket activities oh yeah gozer we were at a concert together last night oh shout out to the cure uh thank you to run for cover records uh, who who was the counterpart to Gozer? Uh, the oh other yeah, Go- yeah, yeah. Do do do. Um. No, that, you know what? That's enough. We'll do that. Uh, thank you to to live a lie. I'll just say Kermit the Frog. And thank you to Convulse Records. Uh, we are going to start right there. Convulse Records. ConvulseRecords.com. Uh, <clears throat> this one's an easy one. You're going to go onto their web store, order the Destiny Bond Be My Vengeance LP. Mm, good uh, art. Yes, cool art. Great title. Um, great title. Funny thing was talking about this. I was like, you know, this record, uh, it, it's kind of like um, in 2023, it's dubbed a punk record. And uh, it's a punk record in the way that if you sort of just sound like 80s hardcore not not aping it, but you know you're you're pulling from those strings. Uh, you're basically like a, a punk band at this point. Uh, I like the references. They reference Faith, Slapshot, Fucked Up, Dag Nasty, and I hear that it's it's clearly fast hardcore, but with a sense of melody, which is cool. So uh, major major love to this. I really like the attention it's getting. Um, I think everyone should check this band out, and this record is a great jumping-on point. I think this is their best material yet, so pretty pretty stoked to hear this. Mm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So go there, ConvulseRecords.com, Destiny Bond, Be My Vengeance. Guys, swing it over. We're moving fast today, so when you're moving fast, you got to go to ToLiveAlie.com, ToLiveAlie.com. We're telling you to get to two things today. Um, first, we're going to start with the Caveman self-titled cassette. Yo, look, I, I, do you like hardcore? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 homies of the Homies and Spy, Bay Area Band, Stomping Hardcore, 100 copies, first press of this tape. The band's name is Caveman. No more. Just, just yeah. get it. Just get it. <laughs> just get no it. More, as, as they say, say less. Boom. <laughs> And there's one other that we're kind of excited for a lot of reasons. Tom, why don't you go in and talk to me a little bit about Bloodmouth? All right, I'm going to do it in a voice. You ready? 
I love it. <clears throat> On July 28th, 2023, Bloodmouth will launch a sonic strike against the Carnist Industrial Complex and its agents, mobilizing tr- strategic al- alliances with Life Lair Regret Records and To Live a Lie Records and logistics support from Chameleon Studios. We will deploy advanced sonic weaponry capable of delivering lethal effects to new areas of operation with the aim to overthrow the entire economic and technological basis of the Carnist Industrial Complex. The great conspiracy against all the animals will be dispelled. Go vegan or die. Roll out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm rolling out. I'm in. Aust- Australian vegan death grind. That's all. Get Just get it. And that's what uh, I got to say. Yeah, Carnist Industrial Complex 7-inch. Shout out to? Life Lay Regret Records, my homies in Australia. All the homies. Yeah. Australia, we love you. Patrick misses you. We'll see you soon. Uh, to live lie.com. Do it to it. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Uh, very good. Uh, I mean, it's the tour is almost over. Uh, by That's the time his old people, bedroom. Uh, well, yeah. Well, by the p- time people hear this, I'll be in my new bedroom. Currently, I am on the couch uh, at Eric and Evan's place uh, for last night. And uh, maybe they didn't leave your room like a shrine uh, with no. the three things in it. No, <laughs> they did not. Uh, it is, uh, you know, they've done an all right job. They've they're living like true bachelors. They've got a the juice is loose. Uh, OJ uh, driving the Bronco uh, wall hanging uh, moments in history. Yeah, <laughs> so it's truly on some bachelor energy over here. Um, but uh, you know, good. Uh, I had a bunch of mail sent here, so I'm excited to collect it. Did you get your quicksand record? I did. I I do not want to open it before I get on the plane, though, because I feel like I'm going to fuck it all up. Yo, uh, Mm -hmm. shout out to Iodine for hooking us up with those. I'm excited for everybody. Tom, you want to know what happened with my quicksand record? What happened? My dude, no, it's a good thing. My dude, Matt, who's helping with my new house, he's painting in there. He saw, I had it delivered to the new house, and he's like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's that quicksand uh, reissue. It's uh, like the whole book thing. He's like, oh, I tried to pre-order that. I couldn't get it. I was like, oh, here, just take this. I gave it to him. So, shout wow. out to my Matt. He's a, he's an yo. Do you know the difference between a good painter and just like like any one of the three of us? You, you mean a, ma- a master painter? I'm just saying a I, I don't know. A master is a quality I would give to Matt, but I think even just the difference between a professional and an amateur, it's unreal. Like I, I did some painting. And I'm like, yo, you can literally tell, like, oh, I painted there. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, it's like just streaky it's, and. Well, and like, I did, I did good, but it's almost like the ability to lay a very flat, clean level of paint on a wall is unbelievable. So shout out, shout out to the skilled tradesmen and tradespeople out there. Absolutely. Um, Respect and love, respect and love to all our overnighters. This is you are the the people we uh, we love the most. So um, yeah, so that was mine, Patrick. Please enjoy yours. Uh, iodine, we we love you. We appreciate what you did. That's Quicksand Slip thirtieth anniversary tours coming. That's kind of cool. Uh, I'm, I'm, I take it. I got it. Pa- Tom, before we get into anything else today, how was how was uh, Matt? Also, um, Matt Geyer. You know Matt Geyer. Oh, of course, of course. Well, he actually, saw you last Matt night and did Jurey. Jure. Yeah. I called him Matt Geyer for years and someone's like, Jure. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Jure. 
Oh yeah, and right. it was like Sean and, and Emily, like Majere. I'm like, I don't think I know him. And then no, he came over, right. like, I totally know him. Yeah, you're right. We say his name wrong. So, Miss um, and he saw you at the Cure last night. But he oh, didn't, get out of he here! Didn't, he didn't say hi because you were kind of far away, and uh, his the person he was with was like, oh, "Hey, uh, why didn't you go say hi to him?" He's like, "Well, I'm here, and there was a bajillion people between, between us." Yeah, so it's it's okay. Um, how Hello, was the show? Matt. Hello, Seth. I met a listener, Seth, um, at the show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, show was great. Um, I'm going to bump Pat out immediately. Mm. So they went on at 9.05. Pat, what time do you think they went off? Uh, we're talking about The Cure right now? Yeah. Yes. I already know 9.05. Opening band called The Twilight Sad, who was literally on every Cure tour for the last like decade. Mm. And have like a third of the listeners of Drug Church. Okay, uh, so nine oh five. If it went past ten twenty, I would have been out the door. How about midnight? Oh, goodbye. Three hour set, baby. Three hour set. Their encores were seven and ten songs, two encores. But what, how they get you? I thought it was great. We had really, like really cool seats. Like I could see everything. There was like one guy standing up literally the entire concert, even like for like they played like five songs that are not released or recorded. And he was standing up and doing like the the Giovanni Ribisi from Ted dance the whole Mm -hmm. time. And so at the end, the last encore is like all the hits like, you know, usually it's like just like heaven. Boys don't cry. Friday. I mean, like all the upbeat songs, but they like. They play like all the sad like stuff in the beginning, but then at the end he comes out and he was like, "You're gonna be surprised," and they did like three songs from like they did um, "Jumping Someone Else." I don't know if you're a Cure fan. I could be mm-hmm. talking to the fucking abyss right now. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Fan, fan, fan. So they did "Jumping Someone Else's Train," which I love, and they ended with "Killing an Arab." Mm. Whoa! Which so- they changed the words to "Killing Another." Really? What the? Fuck? Well, I mean, even back in the day, they had stickers on the records being like, "Hey, this is based on yeah. like an Albert Camus book." But like, if you don't know the book, you won't realize that it's yeah, just but, talking about a scene from the book. Uh, listen, there's Pat not a man, so t- there's not a person on earth who is looking at the fucking Cure, which is essentially one man now with the fucking probably like twenty six year olds behind him, and going, "Oh yeah, here's some fucking hardcore." <laughs> Racists. Nobody is saying that. There's no need for that correction. Also, I'm say something. Nobody. You say nobody's saying that. I guarantee. Yeah, but Tom, you can't live in fear of somebody that. that stupid. You know no, what I mean? Like, but people are also. Apparently, it was used in like less than positive ways at at points. Yeah. And Bob, I have a logistics question for you, tied into please. the cure. Please, please explain this to me. Because we were trying to figure it out last night, and we were blown away. So usually shows at the garden are 70-30 artist garden split yep. for merch, right? For merch, okay, yep. Every Cure shirt being sold at the garden last night were $25. Nice. Uh, Live Nation uh, 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 mea culpa <laughs> based on that whole kerfuffle on fees. So do you like? How, I mean, even if they like the fee, like, even if the break, the percentages weren't that cr- weren't that crazy. How does the cure make any money off a twenty five dollar t shirt? Uh, they printed a bajillion. I mean, that's pretty it. That's it. Right? I it's think just, honestly, I want to give I want to give them credit. I think they're being righteous. I think they're just taking a hit because uh, the cure could sell the same shirt for fifty and no one would blink an eye. Right? 
Absolutely. So, so I think it's um, rare case. Uh, look, I, I like the cure. I'm not cape informed though. If I thought they were just you know corporate rock, I, I would call it that. I you know like I like you two too. I don't think I don't think you two's uh, putting twenty five dollars up, uh, twenty five dollars t shirts up. No, I think the cure legit was just like ah. Eh. We want to keep the prices low for our tickets and our shows. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, just a cool dude move on their part. Are they making money? Yeah, they're still making money. Are they leaving money on the table? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know but, what's cool what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, Pat, you should do this from going on from now on. They're selling any, like, like so every show has, like, a different poster. And, like, a, they're making, like, um, uh, like, like, trading cards. Oh, that's cool. Free show with the with the set list of that date on the back. That's fun. But you can buy them all online. Like, dude, their fucking hoodie was fifty bucks, and their t shirts are twenty five. And you can buy literally all of them online. Wow, wow! Like, uh, so you can buy a, a shirt or a poster or a card from every show of the tour, which I think is kind of cool if you're like a super fan. Yes, it is cool. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of cool shit. I'm looking at. Uh, the Cure discography because I was sitting here kind of hating. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, we I was like, you. we heard you. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking, how many? Come on, man, Th- three fucking hours. Stop. But let's see. Uh, pornography. Uh, uh, head on the door. Uh, yeah. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Disintegration. Uh, I don't like wish got, the way that some people do, but uh, they got albums, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, they got I, tracks I, and albums. I mean, it looks like they've got at least seven good records. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, that, that self title from 2006, I'm not in love with it, but it's a really good record. Like, it's just listen, good. I think Blood Flowers, which is the record that nobody fucking ever talks about, I think that's a wildly underrated record. It's just a fucking sad one. So it's, it's it doesn't have any proper fucking hits but it's a good fucking record uh yo uh they could do three hours i wouldn't watch it but uh you know an hour and a half i would be absolutely fucking riveted there's a part of me that's with you pat but let's say this you're in a comfortable seat and you got like a good vegan food vendor nearby i was gonna say i mean even just some popcorn would be all right like you can get a vegan dog. You can go for a walk around the pavilion at, at some points. You know what I mean? No lines for the bathroom. But, see, but here's my point. Like I'm saying, this is like a nice experience. This is a nice uh, outing for you. Listen, I don't know if music should be a baseball game. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I'm going to stretch my legs. Well, I, mean, I, I agree, but that's but we small room doofuses. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they're playing MSG for three hours. <laughs> it's not that different than a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, all right. Well, so, I'm glad it was fun. Yeah. That, thank you, Tom. I, sorry to the chorus of core fans, but uh, if you get a chance, go see the Cure when they're in New York City. Terra covered them. A bunch of bands covered them. Ooh. Dinosaur Junior covered them, and we Indecision covered Dinosaur Junior covering them. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, you know, they have. I, I mean, just just a great band. There's no debate about that. I no, just didn't. No know, I didn't realize they. I didn't realize they had. Uh, you know, like five at least super great records. Pat, if you uh, look at the set list, you go okay. Yeah, like, yeah, it makes sense. It's, they, I mean, however, they do play five songs that are not released. Yeah, that's a bit much. It's opening and closing the main set with unreleased songs. Weird. Oh. Kind of ballsy. That's like weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, the first song is like a brand new song no one knows. And then the second song is fucking pictures of you. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like Kevin was like the fifth <laughs> song. It's I like, mean, yeah, oh, like you know throw, you have hits when the, you can just throw, the throw this it's in the middle. Like, it's just like, like another song. Writes really good songs that's and right. then plays them for one tour. But it was cool. I mean, they sounded fucking great. 
the only oh, so it's him and the bass player is still the only two like OGs. Bob's mm-hmm. gone. Oh, we've lost him. I'm Bob back. Is I'm, back. I'm, Bob back. Is back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. He was offline. I was. Uh, I was. I was making a joke uh, that I said uh, it would almost be like if a band wrote really good songs and then only played them once on a tour, maybe, and then never played them again. Never went back. Sure. Never well, went back. Who would do that? that? Who would do that? Who would do that? A real artist, I think. Uh, so <laughs> true art. Um, can I? I was going to ask you. Go ahead. What do you got? Oh no, no, no! My, I got a big topic. So you go in. No, well, well, no, uh, Tom. I don't know. It's been nice. It's been nice having uh, Patrick Stateside again because the, math the chat has been the chat has been alive with the sound of Patrick. Mm. Yeah, he's like responding to stuff. He does send us stuff at late night. Now, just like little thoughts, little like non sequiturs. Like, oh, someone's God. gonna die tonight. One, you know, <laughs> one thirty in the morning. Bob's got to wake up in like four hours because he's got young yeah, kids. I, I did see that at three a.m. It was like, do I respond? <laughs> nah, I'll, I'll I'll let those ones sit till tomorrow. Um, but uh, but it's been nice, Patrick. We we've missed you. It's it's it is an interesting thing for you to be on a, a twelve. I believe it's about twelve hours behind us schedule. So we're we're inverted a bit. Um, but you know that's going to lead to you taking taking the reins. Uh, you've been asking lots of random questions. You've had a lot of thought bubbles popping up. So we're just going to uh, set sail on the SS Patrick. Well, maybe we won't call it that. We're going to set sail on the uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, HMS Patrick. How about that for your Australian heritage? Um, and uh, and go from there. So so you you lead the way. You got a you got a big topic. You take us down the road. Uh, well, this is a tease for perhaps a guest at some point. I uh, went to the trouble of asking Mr. Jeremy Baum if he wanted to join us sometime to talk about a topic on which he is passionate, mm. which is uh, alternative metal. Mm. Uh, and the reason that that's such an interesting topic for this moment is because I'm going to. Mm, Can you give us a I, definition? Uh, yeah, yeah okay. give a definition and examples of alternative metal. Sure. Is so like stuff that got, is, is it Metallica is load? No. So so a good example would be Metallica uh, Lou Reed. Is, the, well, that is definitely alternative. Uh, good. An alternative to good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a. It was really more about a time, and that's what I find interesting, right? So alternative metal was uh, everything from Primus to Deftones to uh, Rollins Band to Tool. Uh, you know, it, it's, and then what is interesting to me personally, as a person, uh, who's, uh, you know, whatever this says about me, my primary, uh, musical consumption is still hardcore. Uh, how, how many bands was I watching as a kid who were equally or more influenced by say Deftones than as they were say Slapshot, you know, like, because it would have been, it would have been that moment when I was a kid, it would have been just like when I started going to shows, it would have been just as alternative metal was turning into new metal. Right. So it it kind of would have been an interesting thing. Like, for example, I went and rewatched VOD sets and this is what I'm doing in the van, but this is why you're setting us orange nine millimeter sets in the middle of the night. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. All right. So so, you're like, can you pick out who's in the band? And I was eagle. eye Shane was like, 
Oh, that's no, you were good. Amazing. You did. You, you nailed. I was. I was so impressed. I didn't say anything. You were impressively nailing that. Well, dude, yeah. Matt plays on Threefold Misery, and that's literally one of my favorite drum, like hardcore drum performances ever. I everybody. I I sent I sent a grainy video from 1995 to the group from chat. like the Lost Horizons or somewhere. It's like Syracuse somewhere. It's Lost Horizon, which by the way, uh, shout out to Lost Horizon has not updated their green room since 1995 for sure. <laughs> uh, but it is, uh, it's still some of the same stickers. Um, but, uh, he, Tom, I said, yo, who was in the band at this point? Cause I, I, my understanding of orange nine millimeter is that they had some, uh, members changes, et cetera. And Tom responds within three minutes with like just positive ID <laughs> on all these men who right. look by the way, significantly different now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, the- Davide played bass and he had like dread. So he really yeah. stood out. Yep. Matt Cross had been in it for a long time. And then that was Chris Trainer that went on to Helmet and to Bush. Yeah, yeah, right. That so that was kind of I, I knew that he played, but I couldn't I, I couldn't get him by eye. You know what I mean? I couldn't eyeball that man at all. So I mean, I saw, I, we talked to I saw their first show. No shit. At the uh, Academy with Endpoint. So So I was and again, we can have Jeremy on to talk with like a proper uh, connoisseur's uh, lens, but to me it was just you know, I've been in, okay. I don't want to, sorry, everybody for all this lead up. I was having a conversation it's better be good. with a friend of this podcast about hardcore music. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, he had a very interesting perspective that I would be curious if you'd be willing to come on here and talk about, uh, it's kind of, uh, the death of hardcore versus the death of the hardcore gatekeeper. And uh, without giving too much away, he believes that uh, that generational gap that we kind of lament a lot, uh, Mm. you know, because there's a lot of 30 year old musicians at the moment. And we've kind of said, where are the 21 year old musicians? And we've been talking about this for a long time. And we've been talking about it so long that there is at least in what would be hardcore a generation that we can't account for. Right. And the, the, you know, they're just missing. And, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. What was popping? What, what were some subculture alternatives? What was going on in the world? Right. So we could explore all that. And we have a little bit in the past, but this, this friend of the podcast contention is cause I, uh, let me give a little bit more context. Fiddlehead is a hardcore Drug church no. is a hardcore. No. New scowl. New scowl is a hardcore. No. Military gun is a hardcore. No. Now, here's the deal. I agree with you. However, we don't get to make the rules, obviously. That's correct. Right? Yep. The needle has moved. <laughs> no, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And and people would say, like, is title fight hardcore? By my ear, no. But no. by their yeah. intention and the way they did things. Yeah. Well, you know, 1988, you had somebody who judge was hardcore. They'd say no. Yeah, right. Well, that that's a great. Metal, the, the, the judge seven inch hardcore LP eh, metal metal. Yes. So, so this friend of the the friend of the podcast was basically saying that COVID killed the gatekeeper. Not literally everybody. Sorry, they. You know, I I made a joke about vaccine related injuries, but but whatever your fucking flavor, whatever your flavor of fucking morbid joke here is that. For whatever reason, the established gatekeepers dissipated, 
like Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, when the when COVID happened. And what has emerged since then is a remarkably healthy scene that sees itself as hardcore, but is maybe unrecognizable as hardcore to some of the older people, right? And that's yeah. a very interesting thesis that I'd love to have him come on and explain. Yeah, but, let's do that. The, so you, you have two now. separate things, and I want to we, – we, you branch so damn far so yeah, quickly. It's the way you, my brain you, works. Fucking Gavin over here. I'm going to be from Bush. Um, so first, alt metal. Interesting things about alternative metal. I think sometimes the line between alternative metal and post-hardcore blurs in such a way. That yeah, well, that's the, that's the topic. You nailed it. <laughs> if, Go if on. Alternative metal is your entry point. Or you've come to both things much later, which is basically under one under the age of thirty. Um, you would go, "What do you mean, like Deftones, Quicksand?" Yeah, obviously. And it's like, "Well, yes." Uh, and I'm going to parlay this into the conversation you're having now. Deftones, Quicksand. Well, yeah, and they toured together, and like I'm, they now you know share members at different points, etc. But to me, quicksand post-hardcore, Deftones, alternative metal. Someone might argue differently and say, no, White Pony, man, that's like a post-hardcore classic. I'm like, that's not my memory of it. And when I've listened to it, I can hear you, but it sounds very alternative metal to me. And it's, are we splitting a hair? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, but it it's interesting. It's the same thing. And like, then you go, there are in different things, that have many components. There's always the component that's the furthest, the, that are closest to the other, right? So, you know, uh, post-hardcore in the spectrum of it and p- alternative metal in the spectrum of it, there's going to be two points that come pretty close to each other. So um, that's one piece. Are we looking at the same thing now when we're talking about like adjacent hardcore hardcore adjacent stuff and hardcore as is proper quote unquote um i think so and i think the the post covid theory is fun that's uh, i i don't disagree i think that there's a lot of culmination to that do i think it's healthier i i kind of do yeah it's it's tough do i because yeah, do I, I think it's as ardent every and serious and motivational and and like uh, uh, like grab you by the by the chest <laughs> um, kind of thing? Maybe not, but maybe that's a healthier, more uh, a more healthy way to relate with something like uh, subcultural music genre. <laughs> um, and that's that's sort of like the kick in the ass to be like, oof, did I commit myself to loving hardcore when I could have just liked hardcore a whole lot? And when things got dumb, you just go, that's it. I'm good. And step away. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, so, yes, long, long story short. Yes, we'll talk about alt metal with your friend and we'll talk about uh, well, the current hardcore state with with other friend. Yes. So that that would be nice. Uh, I think that that line where post-hardcore becomes alt-metal or vice versa, depending if you can kind of uh, uh, backronism the thing or whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, uh, is so interesting for this reason. Watching 
that orange nine millimeter set from 1995 in a small room and watching a Deftones set from eh, roughly the same time in a slightly bigger room, but not, not crazy. Uh, very similar energies, like remarkably similar. Uh, I think that's more because the orange nine than Deftones. Explain. Exp- expound. So, all right, so I have two theories. I think hit, hit me. it's all in the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. because if you played some like civilian who likes like rock radio and yep. you put on like into another and you put on whatever, whatever alt metal band we're talking about, they wouldn't really see the difference. I think we call it post-hardcore because we don't want to admit that our, our heroes are trying to take the next step. <laughs> Yo, and we uh, go, no, it's just hardcore it's in it. It's too real. Like it's too real. <laughs> it's like post-punk. It ain't punk. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, they're all like, you know, Deftones always got a pass because like they'd cover Bad Brains and they had some, yeah. you know, some Bad Brains vibes to their songs and to the vocals and stuff like that. I think that's why they got a pass. But like, I think they're one of the few, like, you don't listen to Corn and go, these dudes like Minor Threat. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you might listen to Deftones and be like, oh, these dudes definitely have heard fucking Bad Brains or, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell yeah. they have some punk in, like, their DNA. Like, you're not going, like, yo, you know, stained, negative approach. You could, through line right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't exist. You know, we're like fucking five figure death punch and irate or whatever the fuck. Like that's not close. Um, but I think yeah. I mean, I think it's just because we're trying to like cling on to our our hardcore mm. when like mm. those do like to like you know the pro- the program director at like K Rock Radio like you know the fucking um, like mutate me by into another is no different than fucking you know. Digital right. band, like it's the same shit. We just go like, that's them because it's Richie. Yep. Chino didn't have a punk band before this, right? So mm-hmm. they're an alternative metal band, but this is post hardcore because these dudes are all punk and hardcore dudes. That's right. Well, I mean. well, and right, and it's and and there's semantic to it too because you're right. The the post hardcore maybe it's a it's taken in a very literal framing, like this is what they did after hardcore. It's like, well, is that describing the sound or is it describing their action? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I think after the they were doing hardcore bands, they did these type of bands. And then we decided to call that this thing. Um, I don't want to say this. Band. No. Uh, One of my favorite it, bands ever, but they're not a hardcore band. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. Like Quicksand like, Slip to remotely. me. Quicksand Slip is one of my top five records full stop. Right. And I think we've talked about this, but like, I think they've been recontextualized a bit as a hardcore band and that's okay. And like, I don't think the band is like bummed about that, but they're clearly not. And it's just, you know, like that wasn't my memory of the time. Um, here's my question for both of you. And you might have different answers Two two questions. One Deftones at the time. What is that? 97. 98 yeah. I think all the way 90, back to 95 right 95 maybe the first thing right adrenaline's um, like 95 96 I think and then white yeah. ponies white 2001 2001 what's the record before that because they were big before that there's um, around the fur around the fur around which the fur. Is, okay that's right which had the be what? quiet and drive which is their big hit yeah right what like is your, 
Shoot me. Yeah, no, no, no. Was your memory at the time, like, I don't remember this even being a part of the conversation. I remember they were noted, just like you said, Tom, as being hardcore aware. Like, they're on yeah, that I Bad Brains tribute comp. You know? Yeah, they, and they're on that Bad Brains tribute comp, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I saw them and, do it with the trade wins. Oh, that's really funny. Remember the trade wins? I do remember trade wins very well, actually. I saw them with 311 and the Funk Junkies at trade wins, and they did Band in DC, and I was like, I know this. No I one remember, else here. I remember that show because I had friends who went to see 311. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember them being discussed as being like, post-hardcore or you know like no it was like if anything i remember them being grouped in with new metal but people would be like but not like it was sort of yeah. like they were How the cool, cool new metal almost. yeah like so so anyways okay that that the the placement of them closer to post-hardcore while maybe more accurate than placing them to new metal is a like hindsight thing two if we're if we're being honest, I'm not going to name names, but I want to. Do it. There are any Orange Time Millimeter, any number of post-hardcore bands who wish they were alternative metal bands. Oh yeah, I mean Orange Time Millimeter was full full stop. They, like like we're going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. What limb do I got to cut off to be uh, on that KROQ circulation? Um, and there's I, I don't want that. I don't want to put any shame on that. No, no, I'm no, not saying that's a shame. That. But that's the thing, and I don't know if that rings true for every one of those bands. But like, I'll also say this: Quicksand, favorite band, Walter, a guest who I hope we have back on. Awesome Wonderful dude. Game. He would not have been mad to have been fifty-five percent more popular. You know what I mean? Like, no, he would have been mad to be five times more popular. You know? Of course. I don't, yeah, I mean, but I don't think, like, they were, like, they were the band, you know, in 1990, like, playing and, you know, practicing in a fucking basement on the Lower East Side. Like, I don't think they had any, like, delusion that they were going to be big. And it just so happened they got bigger than they probably, you know, yeah, the time to a major label and all this sort of stuff. And he was talking about how he had, like, that, like, deal that, like, he just got paid to write songs. Yep. Like, yep. he was on the payroll. Like, that's a thing that probably doesn't happen anymore in 2023. Pretty cool. But, yeah. But I mean, I think Orange Nine, like they started 94, which so like, you know, Corn was out there already. Yep. Yeah. You know, like there was like heavy alternative metal moshy music was out there. So it's like they had a different, you know, like eye on the, pro, like a different thing to kind of yep. have as a goal. I mean, like, you know, fucking quicksand headline warp tour yeah. when it was like oh, yeah. nothing. When it was like, you know, a thousand, twelve hundred people, fifteen hundred people. It wasn't like what it ended up being. No, no, no. Even even three years later, it was a different beast. Um, yeah, it, it was on the street in fucking Asbury Park when they had like. Yeah. So, so I uh, I think what's interesting is is that maybe some of this conversation um, about what, like the differences between alternative metal and post hardcore, and what were maybe the aims. Oh Jesus! I, okay, I, I don't think I lost you guys. I almost did, but I no think worries. that there wasn't. I don't think there was post hardcore. One of the things that it shed from hardcore was some of the ardent um, music for the streets. You know, keep out big business and keep this music in the streets kind of energy. It was sort of like, okay, we're going to do the deal with the devil to do the creativity that we want to do. 
does that feel a little bit reminiscent of some of the ways that both adjacent and hardcore stuff is today? I kind of think it is. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of it where it's like, ah, maybe maybe it's just more about our creativity than than the ethos. And I don't I say that. that. Well. Uh, yeah, I don't say it as holistically a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's, you know, you take the good and bad when you when you think about it like that. There you have the facts of life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you know all the people like you know. I don't think any of these bands. Oh, well, that's probably a reach. But the band, you know, like Pat's band or like Fiddlehead. Like I don't think any sure. of them had these delusions of grandeur that it was like, yeah, we're gonna do. like. Over the years, I've met people. That were like, here's what we're doing, and here's why. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you a story? Like, he's actually a great dude, and this is not a bad mouthing him. I remember me and my friend Tim and Joe Troman uh, was they put he was in Arm Angeles, and we played CBs with them, and he we were oh, sitting yeah, on yeah. the on the curb outside of CBs, and he was like, "Me and and Pete are going to start this band oh, called Fall yeah. Boy." Or no, we're going to start this band. We're trying to make money and get girls. Right. And I right. go, that sounds like an asshole idea. Like, what are you, like, that's never going to work. <laughs> you know what? They just out Wrigley Field. That shows you what I know. Yeah, well, here's what I, you, our group chat was having a conversation about how maybe some of the bands, uh, maybe some of the bands that are going to be coming up shortly or will feel a little contrived or, or engineered uh, or kind of like uh, back engineered, you know what I mean? To uh, mm. mimic somebody else's success. And we can kind of expect that to happen, but, and, and you know, will it work? We all thought no, because in the end it feels like uh, legitimacy does have still some, some sort of uh, uh, premium. But then I started thinking about 30 seconds to Mars. Very successful band. What the fuck do I know? What do I know about anything? Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, if it's up to me, I I would be the worst A and R guy ever. Oh, no doubt. I was a guy that was like, I can't believe Chad left Shy Halud for fucking a newfound glory. (laughs) What are you doing, man? You're in Shy Halud. Um, it was always interesting, the idea of like uh, what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, signing bands, da, 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 et cetera. Like, uh, I will give Revelation Records a lot of credit for this. They let me do whatever I wanted, which was only sign bands that I actually liked and believed in. And when bands came to the table that I was like, yeah, uh, I just don't like it. And nobody here likes it. So what are we going to do with it? There was a really honest look at it and go yeah all right you know hold on which was cool in regards to that tom you tom you are the only person on earth with a good relationship with josh from Trustkill. so send it so so send send him a text and see who he was talking about in his tweet the other day christ i wanted to hit him i wanted to read the tweet and i'll be able to tell you so he read it he said he got offered seven figures i don't even i can remember it off my memory because i saw it was like oh and the blank i got i got offered seven figures to sign this band um but i didn't like them and basically this major label that was offering to buy him or whatever wanted to use him as a farm and uh and well i mean he did do that with yes he did i know 
Yeah, he said there was another one that he couldn't. Does stop. that fit the word? Does that fit the? No, because no, they because- were already signed to Jive, and they did a record on Trust Kill. It'd be like street cred. I mean, Correct. like Bob in his head is like Trust Kill street cred. Uh, no, no, because there were other time. It was like, there was at least one other, and I'm not going to mention it, but I know about it. Uh, yeah. There was at least one other. So uh, I just texted him. Who's the seven figure band? I haven't spoken to him since August of 2022. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The seven <laughs> but, figure band. I mean, that's yeah, fuck it. Let, the, listen, that's, what, that's what a real friend is. I, I listen. I don't talk to my friends sometimes for a year at a time. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> I always get the. Now I'm glad to finally be the one asking it because usually people go, "What band was Pat talking about?" And I go, "You know, I didn't ask because we usually like we're like, all right, we're done. And then everyone runs, and I'm like, I never realize who like what tour you're talking about or like. Who's the band that Pat hates or Pat can't listen to or Pat? And I'm like, (laughs) dude, I have no idea. And I'm like, I'm not trying to protect that. Like, I really don't know. We have these conversations and then they're gone from my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because that's what I explain. Like, for we've talked about this in the beginning and this is a total aside. But like, imagine having a conversation with two of your friends, like two of your buds. Mm -hmm. And then someone two weeks later goes, what do you mean by that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I don't, and I, go, I don't even remember when we talked about 40 minutes ago before we started because oh, someone hit me up they're like yo i love the uber commercial i'm like did we do an uber commercial and i'm like he's like yeah it was really fun i go did i sing an uber like eh? like what did i like i'm like i turned into like i need to like have like a care like a like a, a care counselor I, I was like i don't remember doing that and then i was like oh they just like inserted it into like certain places but i'm like i didn't know <laughs> But I think we have these conversations. People go, what was Pat talking about? But like, if you're not on the week, like if you're not up to date, there's no chance I'm going to remember it. I could have said it and I won't remember (laughs) like what I was talking about at the time because it's so much. None of this is planned. No. Like we are just bullshitting. So when people go like. conversation, as they say. Yes. Sports radio. (laughs) So I. um, (laughs) Okay. 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 We we got off track in our doing things are that Patrick ask us some questions yeah so we, we're going to talk about alternative metal we're going to talk about um post-covid hardcore has the gatekeeping been totally killed and everything's hunky-dory or what what else what else are we talking about uh what else are we uh I mean I can talk about biohazard and uh easy kind of the, so, so okay no so that's let's do this all right you a uh, friend of the show, Eric Wilson, um, who was going to come on, but he had to go see The Flash third show, third time, something like that. Yeah, it's important. He had to go enjoy the picket line again. He loved, well, he loves, he, he goes straight from the WGA pickets to The Flash. He right. He goes to see the chain smokers and then he, yeah. Uh, but he had, he had some questions uh, about not Marauder, not Sheer Terror, but Biohazard. Really going um, far afield on this one. But this is an interesting one uh, that, did it? It came up last episode. Whatever. So, so let's just touch it real quick again. Um, what was what was his question, Patrick, that you posed to us? So, for, let's establish the baseline. Uh, it'll legitimize the question or not. Tom, the first Biohazard record is when? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay. That's the first very real early. one is ninety two. Okay, still early. Urban Disco, so, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, so. First record was on the same label as Sheer Terror, Maze Records, which doesn't exist anymore. So here's the question, as asked by Eric. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Is it, are there some New York bands who are not giving Biohazard the proper credit? All of them. Okay. (laughs) Talk your shit, Tom. (laughs) Go ahead. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they were so influential. I mean, think about all the bands that changed post that record. Mm. You know what I mean? And like everyone added, like everyone added some like more like street flavor to their stuff. Yeah. Okay. So for the most part, not everyone, but I mean, if you really think about it, it's like AF was definitely influenced by it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I think, yeah, sure. You know, so many bands like, you know, I say like blood for blood. Everyone's like, oh, it's like sheer terror. I'm like, it's actually just as much biohazard, if not more other than the vocals. Mm. You know what I mean? I think they were like, that for sure. (laughs) They're the biggest. I mean, they're the biggest. Well, they well, full stop. They were the they're the biggest hardcore band. Oh, interesting. I mean, if you consider them hardcore, they're the biggest. Like it's them and Hatebreed. I I don't know if Turnstile's at that level yet. Uh, well, I don't I would know. Say, I so I mean, this is tough because, firstly, this is no disrespect to to Biohazard. What I'm going to say next, Evan will choke you the fuck <laughs> out. I mean, that's evident, but. Uh, evident. evident. <laughs> Billy lives uh, in Los Angeles. He might come to the show, and he's a black belt. So. Listen, listen. I got nothing bad to say about any of these fellas, except that uh, the, uh, Eric's other question is: Has Evan been replaced by another person? Because he looks very different than he used to. Is he uh, going to my Ultimate Warrior thing? Like he came back with a different haircut, so it's got to yeah. be different, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I lost my train of thought. The, uh, listen, I just. I do not have any uh, biohazard deep dives. I would ask you, are they alternative metal? Oh, that's mm. interesting. Uh, they're, they're bordering the genre. They're, they're yeah. almost bordering like new metal too. They're in yeah. that, like that yeah. where all the, the circles overlap. Yeah. You know, what's funny is they are, um, yeah, the circles overlap. They're not in post hardcore. No, but they are in the new metal. Wow. That's so funny. But they are. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you would like, they actually are post hardcore. Sure. Yes. Yes. In the actual definition of the term. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But that's like, it's like the the thing that came after hardcore. They are post hardcore in reality. You know, (laughs) what's interesting? That that Don Fury post hardcore sound. Here's a question for you. And I've never thought of it before. And I don't know. So it's a genuine, honest question for both of you. Tom, it's more directed to you, but I want Patrick to answer first. Patrick, if Biohazard didn't exist, would there be a hate breed? Oh, um, what year is Under the Knife? 95? 95, 96, something like that. Yeah, 95, yeah. Oh, no, I'll say no. Tom, what's your answer? I say yes, but... I think they laid the groundwork That's for right. someone like Jamie to be like, 
I can make this the biggest thing in the world. That's that's oh, yeah. that's more what I I, I think was the uh, the the sentiment I was going for was that I think Biohazard really laid down. Uh, they didn't just lay down the tracks, but like they built the train. You know what I mean? They 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 were the they were the proof positive, right? You know, like hey, major yeah. label, this could be big. This could go big, big right. big metal tours. If you have a band like this, this can bring an audience. Like the sick of it all get signed to a major label without Biohazard being on Roadrunner and like selling hundreds of thousands, if not millions of records. Probably not. There was like a post Biohazard like major label signing spree. Okay, so Terra was on a major label, sick of it all. Like this begs another question then. Is is the fact that maybe those fellas came from something maybe just outside hardcore, you know, not to say that they're not fans, not to say that they've never been to a show because provably they have, you know, it's, it's not that, but is it, is the fact that they were from something else, maybe the reason that they had the vision that they did is, is it, it, do you have, does do bands such as Mad Bull, right? Uh, who, everybody with any sense would say has been uh, kind of one of the top tier sort of important hardcore bands for the, 30 years. Uh, yeah. Big chunk of their career. Um, is it possible that they didn't see the same avenues as quick? Like did biohazard, as you said, Jamie from Hatebreed is a special person, right? Yeah. He is uh he has a type of clarity of vision. Whether you like his music, hate his music, like him, hate him, it doesn't fucking matter for this conversation. It's he has a clarity of vision that most people in what we do lack. Uh do we think that Biohazard's non hardcore background perhaps is what enabled them yeah. to pursue what they did okay like them being a lamore's band while madball was yes, a cbgb yes, band yes, probably yes yes, yes. yes. that's because lamore's is like the metal capital so there's so much less shame you know what i mean right and because they're like and, go for it bro like we just had spread eagle here last week and just fucking whatever like that's a band i'm sorry that's not yeah, i'm not being no, fucking, it's fine it's i'm not fine. being uh like no no no, no. Nature. they were all like these like metal bands coming through there like fucking white lion or whomever yep like that was like kind of their vibe and then they like found out about fucking af and the chromags and they're like well you know we could take that i mean i think you know i don't see those dudes as being like when i went to a7 although they're old enough to have gone to a7 they were the like when hardcore became bigger in the late 80s and like metalheads came to like AF shows. Yeah, they they right. were the dudes. Yeah, they were the dudes who probably discovered AF and the Crumb Suckers and those bands as they were hitting crossover and the whole crossover era. You know, it makes sense. That still puts them at being into underground music by the mid '80s. You know, right, right. And I think that's kind of where they came from. And then having their background of being in the more you know major label metal bands coming through. Lamores, like they didn't have the CBGBs, ABC No Rio vibe. You know what I mean? Like they never had that in their DNA ever, which is fine. But I think that's how it happened. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 
So that's interesting. Bridging the gap of uh, how I mean, think about like no warning. Bigger. Yeah. Full biohazard vibes. Bitter think, end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cold world. A lot of bands. A lot oh, of bands. yeah. Yeah. So all right, all right. Enough enough uh, biohazarding. That was your biohazard minute for that's the day. That's my biohazard minute. All right, uh, Patrick, keep it going. What do you got? What else has been chewing your craw? Uh, hold on. I can answer this by saying, what have I been watching lately on my, uh, YouTube? YouTube? I've been, I've been watching so many live performances, which, you know, Yo, your boy, Charlie bow has become state's evidence. Did you see that? No. What happened? He got jammed up. Well, he posted something. was like the feds are using part of this, this, um, whatever, whatever, like where I forget where he was, but like, I don't know which part of this they're using, but the feds are using this for state's evidence. I mean, look, it, it's it, it's amazing that it didn't happen sooner. You can only videotape so many people shooting guns without, <laughs> without, without, without hitting somebody. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Charlie. I mean, Bo Charlie's is, not getting busted up, but like they're definitely using his stuff as. as yeah, I just I just want him to continue to get a pass to go into uh, places that a lot of uh, people around the world don't get to see. Well, they you know, won't know so. who he is. He's never that's been on true. camera. Yeah, that's true. Uh. Okay, so I'm just going to run some stuff by you. There's a uh, YouTuber that I cannot understand on any level. I j I'm just going to be frank. I don't know what this man's content is. It's like all over the place in such a way that it's strange. But he goes by Old Boy the Antagonist. And he, he, labels, the, he labels things so fucking poorly that I wish I could like give him a small lecture about SEO. Uh, he starts all of his videos all of his old hardcore videos that he's restored or not restored, just put up with capitalized. This was hardcore before YouTube and then a number. And then typically that occupies so much space that you can't actually see what band, the name of the band that is performing. Right. But <clears throat> here's a couple. I watched a length of time set. <laughs> which, wow. Uh, yes. Wow. Uh, yep. Uh, I watched, uh, well, I watched, uh, so many, uh, dynamo festivals in, uh, Eindhoven from 1995. That's the one where I've talked to you guys about it before. It's like biohazard, maybe at their peak in so many ways, really good, bad performance, some incredibly strange choices, <laughs> but, uh, uh, really fucking good. Uh, I watched, I also watched the nail bomb performance mm -hmm. from the fucking same festival, uh, getting into hardcore Did I lose you uh, guys? or not as it is, uh, quicksand I from July 25th, 1995 at the lost horizon, uh, which everybody should watch by the way, because there's a lot of things going on here. Walter gives the audience Hello. a little too much credit he's doing some he's he's a musician right a and they didn't come there for that <laughs> you know I mean? so there's a couple you, moments you where did i lose you no pat you want to laugh yes i'm looking at the old boy the antagonist there's a kickback video uh-huh your boy indecision played that oh no shit we uh, played that festival it was like the headliners were the exploited and morbid angel oh wow yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so we, so Bob, we have lost. Uh, we, we're going to keep it alive. Uh, everybody, it's not recording is, without him, right? I, th I, well, that's a great question. I think it is. Um, but 
It is uh, everybody. This is the perils of uh, of recording uh, at distance. Uh, I'm going to talk about how I watched a Pride Kills video because I met one of the gentlemen from Pride Kills the other day. Uh, oh, it was a Machine Head at, at Dynamo Open Air 1995 that I watched. In addition to, <laughs> is that when they do Hard Times? Yes, it is. Is he uh, wearing like a Cro-Mags like uh, windbreaker? No, hold on. There's one where he's wearing like a Cro-Mags windbreaker. I'm like, yeah, this dude's yeah, got yeah. a little bit of style. Like, I don't, I don't want to say I like Rob Flynn, but I think I like Rob Flynn. Yeah. So this is the one they do. They do play Hard Times on this one uh, with uh, one of the Bobby Hazard. Yeah, Bobby. Um, <clears throat> I've watched. And, and uh, hold on. Everybody, I hope this is interesting to anyone because I find this stuff like these old performances so interesting. Uh, the the uh, let's see, is that uh, the Mambo watch- one? Like, there's a famous story where like they're walking out there and Hoy's like, "Hey, Stigma, you got any advice?" He goes, "So downhill from here, kid." <laughs> <laughs> the fucking greatest story. I'm like, that's yeah, that's Stigma. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look. They were playing in front of like a hundred thousand people that day, and everyone is losing. Everyone's losing it, and I don't want to. I'm not on board with this, everybody. It's not my vision. I don't want to be that old man. But one of the comments in the comment section of that video was from a forty-something year old who said, "My one wish for young people is that I could give them this experience where you were not embarrassed." You know, you weren't uh, you weren't afraid of being caught on camera in such a way that you couldn't be an embarrassing person at a festival like this. Right, right, it was right. A beautiful thing. And honestly, I felt that clap. Okay, so uh, let me go further YouTube. down the hole. Uh, Tom, what about uh, Sick of It All, nineteen ninety nine, playing some big, big fucking festival? Uh, Lose voice completely blown out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not their best performance. I mean, always on, you know what I mean? But uh, I know a blown voice when I hear one because I've always got one. Uh, <laughs> so watch that one. I watched uh, my own performance at Tied Down. That was a fun festival, man. That, that was you, a Yeah, you boys killed it. That was a good fest. Uh, oh, let's talk about this really briefly. Mm. This was one of the things in the chat. So – I watched a Mind Force video. Uh, okay. Mind Force in New Jersey, I want to say. Kenilworth. And, uh, Kenilworth. Uh, the, yeah. Really Sounds like a state prison. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, uh, Mind Force is a really good band. And I felt, I felt disrespected by the video. And here's why. Mm. Everybody was doing what they thought was the thing to do which was to create a, uh, what would you say, Tom, if you saw it? Um, uh, uh, 30 foot the yard runway. Yeah. 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 Now I know mind force doesn't miss. I know there was people at that fucking show. Why is there hundreds and hundreds of people at that show, by the way? Yeah. So, so why was there this massive empty space with people, very, uh, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, not every Here's band has to go on because it was probably like, I think there was like almost like 500 people at that show. That's a good show. 10% of the people wanted to do what they do at the expense of the other 450. Uh, just talk your shit, Tom, because I, I'm that guy that thinks 
you know what? The room's got to decide for itself what it wants. Like I can direct people to a degree, but at the end of the day, these are individuals making individual decisions. And if this is a room that just likes Mosh, if this is a city that just likes Mosh, God bless. If it's a city like stage, blah, 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 blah. But I don't like Mosh. Listen, you might be right about this. That's that might be the tyranny of the the, the tyranny of the minority right there. You know what I mean? Like where it's, hey, the you know twenty five people. It's that's a under exaggeration. Everybody, it was a lot of people, but twenty five people doing something that kind of precludes the other four hundred and. Uh, Right, you tell me the people on that back right fucking quadrant that wouldn't love to be singing along with with Jay up front, right? Now and don't want to get their fucking teeth broken, right? And I know I've experienced that. It was just too much of a horseshoe. I felt Mind Force is not the band for that, guys. Like it's a sing along band, yeah, and a Mashi. It's Mashi. I get it. There should be a pit, yes, but I don't know, man. That's like. You should be getting some healthy dives for Mind Force. You know what I mean? You should be and the reason you should be getting some healthy dives is because everybody should be in the front singing along. I know you know everybody knows words. all those words. Everybody That's knows those saying. songs. Everybody knows those songs. We all sing along. Get up so, there. So so I, so I've thought I watched this footage from Tied Down, not just my band, but other bands that tied down. And I was thinking, God damn, when a show can afford a pit and six rows of people to catch people. What a dream, right? But here's the thing. Had 3,000 people at it. That's awesome. Good. 500 people is more than enough human beings to pull off the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? More than enough. So why are we not doing this? Why are we still creating a horseshoe? And I know horseshoe conversation is fucking tired. I get it, everybody. But yo, I did not... That Mind Force video... Made me mad. It made me mad for my force. <laughs> you know, so I mean, they had a blast. I mean, it looked cool. Yeah, but I I know what you mean because having experienced that, that shit sucks. Yeah, I think um, Bob. What do you think? Move up front and shout out loud. Take a stand, baby. Um, yeah, yo. Uh, cheat code: Hardcore shows are more fun if you're up front. They're when everyone cool. can partake. Yeah, get up front, jump off the stage. But if you jump off the stage, guess what? Then it's your responsibility to also be up front. Yes. Or mosh, mosh. Get up, push it up, get up there. Do get get in the trifecta. Dance, dive, have some fun. You know what I'm saying? You gotta <laughs> you gotta activate the pit, as uh, as the people will say. Uh, I think it's like we don't need to have the conversation even. But I will take one hundred people standing on the stage unnecessarily which i don't like and no one really likes no one really likes as long as there's 200 people in front of the stage oh zero people in front of the stage never fun yo even floor shows man even floor shows just be up front get in there i get it you don't know the band hang back i get it but i will say this tour like the one that you're currently wrapping up patrick drug church drain etc does someone need to know drug church songs uh, word for word to get up front and have fun? Listen, I'm sure there's people that don't even like us. <laughs> We're having fun. You know what I mean? And I'm going to take a if Pat passes you the mic and you don't know the words. You just go, ba, 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 ba. And it's, yo, so, it's totally fine. It, I don't somebody know. Somebody did it yesterday. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. He, he, here's the thing. Magnitude is not a, is not a soft band. 
there's some no. fucking very heavy magnitude parts. And and yet, I'm yet to see a moment on this tour where people didn't get the assignment of, oh yeah, but it's not a fucking horseshoe. You know what I mean? It's not. It, it, they didn't create the horseshoe despite the fact that people are losing their fucking minds. So, is uh, it a hardcore thing because that crowd is is a is a mix of everyone? That's a good and, point. That's a good point. Because uh, I feel like mind force and magnitude of the same skill, like or, or like of the same ilk. Because it's like they, while they both have crazy mosh parts, they definitely have the sing-alongs too. Yes, there's some bands that are like they don't you don't they don't care if you remember the words they just want you to punch your friend. Yep. And there's some people that don't have a mosh part to save their lives, but there's stuff to sing to. Yeah. Those bands, both those bands, have like perfected their style of like sing along and mosh sometimes at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I so, wonder if it's like a, just a different crowd, like the younger folks that are coming out for you know for their early shows don't really like. They they want to be involved. They're not like the old asshole sitting in the back with a fucking, you know, a PBR or whatever people drink. Well, let me say that uh, shout out to the dyed in the wool expert level hardcore kids that have been coming out to these shows because they have been very fucking welcoming and respectful of the complete newbies. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it. been, it. it's been it's been good. It's been good. And look, you got to start somewhere. Not everyone is born with the insight seven inch in the crib. You know what I mean? So you got to start somewhere. <laughs> just members of, of Magnitude, apparently. Yeah, just members of Magnitude. For everybody, that's an inside uh, 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 group chat joke because I was in a room where uh, members of Magnitude were telling me that Insight is really pretty good. And I was thinking, you know, that's uh, – because it was a question about revisionism because they – you know, they're, they're younger than I am and they were asking, what bands have you seen get get a complete, like – revisionist history washed to them and i was like well where the fuck to start you know what i mean but but then it, it got it got uh it got deep on like you know insight and i was like what are we even talking about there's no way on earth you brought up insight so those no they did like, of course insight's good though insight's standing strong seven inch pretty good um original press only none of the uh victory nonsense um had that on gold vinyl. Um, yeah, you know, there's something at some point we'll talk about the mystique of the crate dig where the rare does make it appealing, but we we talked about that where it goes wrong. Well, also it's pretty neat to find that stuff that's feels like you know special because it's just hard to find. Weird. Well, let's like, talk about the 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 uh, what do you call it like a biases? There's a bi- there's a there's a bias to your. Uh, you know how there's like uh, recency bias and all this, but there's mm-hmm. some type of some type of selection bias to what ends up on YouTube because they were talking about Outburst, a band that we've talked about as being, mm. yo, Outburst is good, is Outburst great? Well, you know, and then there's the conversation, but then they were saying I've heard that Outburst, there's an Outburst revisionism, and I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't really speak to it. But they were. But then somebody else in the room was like, "I've seen video from the day that they, they they got a huge response." And mm. what's interesting about that is, would so there's some selection bias because would you put up an outburst video? <laughs> would it you sucked. bother? Yeah, would you bother put it up one that sucked? No, <laughs> so. and and like to, to answer that question, the word from the day was always, "Look, outburst was good, not great." <laughs> they were. You know, look at any flyer. They're in the middle of it. They were always open it. But, yo, in hindsight, I got to be honest, they got tracks. They got a couple, like, songs. Classic hardcore songs. 
classic. And so, you know what? They crate were di- crate digging win. Crate digging win. They were more influential after the fact. Uh, in the early two thousands, they their seven inch went. I want to give it like a six month window where it went from like you could get an outburst seven inch on red for like twenty bucks to you couldn't get it for less than a hundred bucks. Mm. You know, it was like one of those flips. Um, you know, I'm 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 here for it. Great great seven inch, uh, really cool band. Um, were were they as big as Killing Time? No. Were they close? No. Not not even close. Like not close. And and you know what? I'll say this. I love Brightside. Tom, you love Brightside? Favorite hardcore record. Patrick, you like Brightside? I like Brightside. Uh, favorite hardcore record to me is, is an extreme statement, but it But but you like it. Yes. I will hear let I would live. hear I What's would that? hear Yeah, let him live. <laughs> I would hear if someone said, "Hey, look, I know you like Killing Time." Patrick, I would hear if someone's like, "Yeah, I love I know you like Sick of It All." But I like Outburst as much as those bands. And that has to be a win for Outburst. Oh, I? yeah. I mean, look, 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 look. If if somebody wanted to say to me, uh, there's out, Outburst material that I think is uh, parallel or pure with <laughs> any of that stuff you're talking about, I'd go, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I mean, cool. Because <laughs> Killing Time is is that for me. Killing Time is is just one of those bands that's, that's good, never mad when somebody puts it on. You know what I mean? And... But I don't share the same, like, the type of, like, it It shaped me the way that a lot of people do. Killing Time shaped a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh, I, for think, sure. I think low-key, one of the more influential bands that we talk about, you know? So, the, I, it didn't have that for me, but I wouldn't be mad. If somebody out there, particularly a younger person, connected with Outburst before they connected with, for example, Sick of It All or Killing Time, God bless them. You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, uh, all right, really quick question for you, Patrick, before we kind of start wrapping things. What's the last hardcore record that was put on in the Drug Church van, and by who? Uh, wow. Well, we, we listened to the Never Ending Game record uh, with like kind of like scientist ears looking for mm. the influences. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was probably, that was like two weeks ago. I don't know if any other hardcore has been played since then. Uh, we don't listen. Are you guys a podcast fan or you're a music fan? None of the above because, uh, no silence. Well, no, yeah. Headphones because no disrespect to green vans, but the, the, their current, like whatever model of sprinter they're using their Benzie box is not great. It has no mid row speakers. So for somebody in the middle of that vehicle to listen to anything, the person in in front of that, the front of the person, the front of the vehicle has to be going deaf. (laughs) <laughs> it's, so it's uh, like so we don't listen to much so um, you have like silent disco hours that everyone's like all right we're all gonna listen to the never-ending game record and begin yeah and everyone's got headphones in it's like dead silent yeah, yeah. that's a great game god and someone's yelling i hear chiodos like and right. then, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i wish i wish we had some video of the three of us when we would record in person and do the listening parties because it was very much like that. Three of us with headphones plugged in. Dead silent. Try not to move too much. Talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't move too much because it was sort of like... Right, the computer would go flying off the table or... Right, right. Oh, man. That's good. All right. Listening parties got to come up. Pat, you fucked the whole thing up. We could have been doing that right now. Listen, I I just want to... Do this, man. Two more topics really quickly, okay? Do it. Do it. Uh, this is in line with live performances I'm watching. 
uh, a hate five, six, uh, video of wrist meat razor from July 27th, 2022. Okay. Uh, this is another one you sent to us. Okay. I, because I'm not familiar with this band in any meaningful way. We listened to them once on our podcast. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, this, I, I don't mean shit by this. I don't mean shit by this. Are, uh, is this hardcore? like like, i'm not i like listen i love all else failed that's objectively metalcore you know what i mean i'm not this is this is a very um this is different for me you know what i mean (laughs) and and is this like uh like does this count is this kind of like count itself among stuff like code orange or, or or is this um uh kind of like kids that like enjoy deathcore but don't they don't want to play it. Do you know, are you guys familiar enough with this to, to take a look or what? All right, let me pull it. Um, I mean, my lean is to say it is on the other side of metalcore from me. <laughs> well, yeah, but look, 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 this is probably on the other side of metalcore for all three of us. And that's right. All, and we all acknowledge that's not a diss, right? No, it's, it's, but I I was just watching it and thinking, wow, this is like, this is pretty wild because to me, this is uh, kind of on that, yeah, it's on that metalcore tip that that uh, loses me personally. But then the band itself kind of has like a, uh, despite being really heavy, it's got some sassiness to it. And yep. I that was my memory of this band. And, and then we talked about sasscore, and then we brought up like. Blood Brothers and stuff or was that yeah. CU Space Cowboy? I C- CU Space that. Cowboy has to me, at least from my listen uh, of Wrist Meat Razor, CU Space Cowboy has more like f- to my eye, like the actual underpinnings of a Sascore band, right? Okay. Whereas Wrist Meat R- Wrist Meat Razor is much more on a type of, um, I mean, uh, I, it's it, metalcore with the touch of sass. Uh, with a cloak of Twizzy. There's some Twizzy there. Yeah, there is some Twizzy there. And Aesthetically, uh, it's full Twiz. Yeah, it's full Twiz. Uh, I don't know. For people that like this band or if you're in this band, uh, hit us and let me know what the influences are. I, I'd, I'd be curious to know. Uh, it's like, it's very aggressive. So for people that are like into the heavy stuff in our listenership, it's it's completely worth checking out. But it's, I, I was just watching it going, huh. I'm so goddamn old. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was yeah. like, I, I was like, th- there's something here that I don't understand. And then, uh, what could potentially be the last thing that I watched was uh, Incubus uh, live. Good Lord, the, thank God you're bringing this up I'm at so the happy. Abyss, Houston, Texas, 1998. <laughs> which is shout out uh, to House Right Productions, the uh, YouTube account that you should be following if you're interested in 90s era Incubus uh, videos. So, are they alternative metal? Well, that's that's why I arrived Ooh. here. Not I we call would, a callback. We call that a callback. Yeah, no, it's pretty good in the Thank business. Um, so that's why I watched it. And certainly the singer having revolting fucking dreads in this performance is kind of a oh yeah, that's an alternative metal thing. Like is Brendan Boyd the best looking white man to ever have dreadlocks? Uh yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say probably like uh, a lot of la- attractive black dudes have done dreadlocks. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Brandon one, Boyd, he's he's a lot better than uh, Adam Duritz. We'll say that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Adam Duritz has written better songs. 
Oh, uh, wow. Uh, he's got tracks. Come on. Cat and Crows have more songs than fucking Incubus. Yo, I, I, if I did numbers, I think Incubus yeah. nudges them out. Oh, I, I mean, I don't the know. The record's great. The, great. the Incubus record, the like, Pardon Me record, is very good. Makes it's really good. There's the a couple tracks on the, the, the one uh, with the a Crow Left of the Murder is is got tracks on it that are forgotten. But Counting Crows... First Counting Crows record, a couple soundtrack songs, but then they they throw it all away with the. Can you get demerits like the their paved paradise cover? Uh, like, I mean, look. Ooh, bop, bop, bop. Okay, so hold on. Before let me just say, uh, because we're doing YouTube wrap up here, uh, into another plane for an hour in Prague, unnecessary. I'm not totally that, that's not, cure level. Yeah, not not that good a live act. I'm sorry, uh, but. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, Bob as at least a casual Incubus fan? Uh, <laughs> yes. Sounds more than casual. <laughs> uh, would you go to House Right Productions video that I sent you, please? And uh-huh. uh, tell me the first comment from Freak Stone Cider. Oh, Fresh Stone Cider. <laughs> pardon me. Is uh, it, it, it gives the set list. Could okay, you tell me if, how familiar you are with these songs? Like you will be a hot dancer. No, yeah, these are all the early era. So they released, I mean, they had two releasers, two releases uh, before anything that anybody really knows. Okay. Because um, this material is horrific. These are not things that, yeah, this is all really <laughs> bad. Like, if you didn't know, you can tell by the song length. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like, there's most of these songs are four minutes long. It's like, whoa, you will be a hot dancer is like a solid five minutes long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know any of these songs. No, it's uh, they went better when they got more radio rock. So, uh, well, I'll have you know that according to uh, Izzy, Izzy Goyasi Portfolio 2038. This was the last ever show played at the Abyss. The club closed Ooh. after this packed show and never reopened. It was the end of an era for Houston music, local and national. Well, Colleen Costin, 2972, said, man, this was such a badass show. <laughs> <laughs> there was more, but I thought that sum- summed up what she wanted to put out there pretty easily. Well, 13 Souls, 2823, said, I wish they would have stayed playing like this. That sucks that DJ Life ain't there. I think he was way better than Killmore. No disrespect to uh- Killmore. I think he's great. Uh, no more, no more reading their 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 handles. But like, just uh, conversationally, just use the comments to create conversation here. Uh, amazing set list. Thanks for the upload. Uh, Which hand did Mike use here? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be. Oh, gee, this is a piece of art. <laughs> Seeing that Jamiroquai love by Dirk <sighs> before they turned into the Backstreet Boys. Uh, bring back this kind of incubus. Muy bueno. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> babe on stage bright and alive that dude in the v-neck white tee commands the audience yum well now these boys sell out large arenas like the pavilion god bless incubus <laughs> best, of, best of times incubus yeah <laughs> i think we can probably leave it there <laughs> thank you good night <laughs>